Praise be to the Lord. I praise God for the privilege to stand yet one more time. Yeah, and to share God's word. And uh, it was a time of uh, tyranny, very hard ruler. And uh, it was a very quiet night, a very quiet night. And, but in the heaven, the angels were keenly watching down what is going to happen. And uh, people have been like waiting for some deliverance. And uh, then one angel came. This is not a Christmas message, but <laughs> this is what happened in Egypt. The angel came and uh, you know what happened. That was the Passover incident. I was just thinking about what to share, especially we are going to break bread this morning. And this thought kept coming into my mind. We are going to speak about the Lamb of God, the Passover Lamb. Even if you turn to the Bible, in many places, the Bible speaks of Lord Jesus Christ as a Lamb. Right from uh, John and even to the Revelation, we find that Jesus is portrayed as a Lamb. And not only that, even in the Old Testament also, when we see that there is the lamb which played a major role in the salvation of the Egyptians. Even Isaiah, when he writes about the cross prophetically, he says like a lamb, he was led to be slaughtered. So if you turn to John chapter 1 verse 29, John chapter 1 verse 29. Here we find John is having a bunch of disciples. But he knew his calling. It's not that those disciples, he wanted to keep them together. You know, like sometimes we find people, you know, they don't want their people to go to somewhere else. But here we find John, he knew his mission. And even though he had his disciples with him, he saw Jesus walking around and he said, Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sins of the world. And some started to follow Jesus. And not only that, if you turn to Peter, when Peter, while writing his epistle in the first Peter chapter 1, verses 18 and 19. First Peter chapter 1, verse 18 to 19. There Peter says that we have been redeemed by the precious blood of the Lamb. Can somebody read that for me? First Peter chapter 1, verse 18 and 19. Yeah, Peter very clearly he quotes with the precious blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ. Then again we come to John, not John the Baptist, the disciple, and he sees many things in, our, in the Revelation. Then he writes in Revelation chapter 5 verse 9. Revelation chapter verse 5 verse 9. He says he find people of, some people praising God and worshipping God. Then he says in 
And they sang a new song saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain and with your blood you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. Here again we find his referred to as the Lamb. Then we come back to Paul, the great apostle. When he write to the Corinthians, he brings again this Lamb into the picture. He says in 1 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 7. 1 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 7. Get rid of the old yeast so that you may be a new unleavened batch as you really are. For Christ, over Passover lamb, our Passover lamb has been sacrificed. Here he very clearly says, Christ, our Passover lamb has been, what does it say? Sacrificed. So now, Christ has been portrayed as the lamb. And uh, you know, in the Bible, he also is portrayed as the lion. You know, we are usually in the songs and all we sing, lion of Judah. Lion and the lamb. But this morning we are going to see more about this Lamb of God. And uh, during this, uh, if you want to know more about this Lamb of God, the Passover Lamb, we had to go back to the Egypt. We had to go back to Egypt. Now, that was the time when the Israelites were in bondage and they were literally, they were crying for deliverance. And uh, during that time, at the appointed time, God comes down. He says, I'm going to deliver these people. And he does wonderful things, miraculous and uh, very terrible things in the land of Egypt. And we call it the ten plagues, right? We say ten plagues. And each plague, if we read from the scripture, it says, I'm going to bring a judgment on the gods of Egypt. Each plague... It's a judgment of the gods of Egypt. If you turn to Exodus, I think say, he says in uh, yeah. Exodus chapter 12. I couldn't get the verse right here. In Exodus, when it's read, he says, I'm going to judge the gods of Egypt. So we find that uh, God is coming down and the final plague is the Passover lamb. And uh, God says how you, the Israelites, how they need to take the lamb and kill the lamb and take the blood and smear it on the doorpost. And that night, the angel will pass through and uh, when he sees the blood, he will pass over. Now, that is a very, very, uh, I would say it is the most important thing in the, in the life of the Egyptians. Uh, I mean the Israelites. Because God said, this will be your beginning of your new year. The time when I give this Passover, from that day onwards will be your new year. Because the Israelites had two different uh, years. One is the civil year calendar and one is the ecclesiasticus. Uh, and God said it is from the day that you had the deliverance, from that month it will be the new year, beginning of a new year. And this blood was smeared on the uh, lintels, the doorpost. And uh, people were staying inside the house. The Israelites were staying inside the house. And um, that blood is only for God. 
the people inside could not see the blood because they smear the blood and then they close the door and the angel is coming the angel comes and when he see the blood he just passes over other otherwise what we can say is the blood that was shed on the cross is something that is for god but god, when god see the blood of christ on us he literally you know he just passes over the judgment has supposed to be come on us and the condemnation everything that was supposed to be come on us is completely totally is taken away is given out and uh, then also we see uh, we can turn to exodus chapter 12 we can read some passages 12 12 can we read that verse in exodus chapter 12 on that same night i will pass through egypt and strike down every firstborn of both people and animals and i will bring judgment on all the gods of egypt i am the lord yeah there's a verse and uh, the whole passage actually the whole chapter speaks about the passover and uh, it also speaks about how the israelites have to eat the passover the lamb that is inside so there are two things that i would i would like to uh, meditate on one is the blood of the lamb another one is the meat of the lamb okay now the blood of the lamb is completely for god okay now what the blood does to us is something very tremendous because the bible speaks a lot about what the blessed blood uh, do to us if we can turn to romans chapter 5 verse 9 it is because of the blood we have been justified it is because of the blood that we have been justified can we read romans romans chapter 5 verse 9 since we have now been justified by his blood yeah, how much more so we have been justified by his blood man cannot justify himself man could never justify himself we are in no way in no position to justify ourselves it is god who justifies and it is through the blood of christ so in romans 5:9 we read that we have been justified by the blood of christ then ephesians chapter 1 verse 17 verse 7 ephesians 1:7 in him we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of sins here we speak about the forgiveness of sin we have been justified by his blood we have been forgiven by his blood and in 1 john chapter 1 verse 7 1 john chapter 1 verse 7 says we have been cleansed by his blood 1 john chapter 1 verse 7 but if we walk in the light as he is the he is in the light we have fellowship with one another and the blood of jesus his son purifies us from all sin in this version says cleanses or purifies so we justification is by the blood forgiveness is by the blood and cleansing is by the blood and also when we read in ephesians chapter 2 verse 12 and 13 ephesians chapter 2 verse 12 and 13 it speaks about how we have been brought closer to the promises of god remember that at that time you were separate from christ excluded from citizenship in israel and foreigners to the covenants of the promise without hope and without god in the world but now in christ jesus you who once were far away have been brought near by the blood of christ here we once we were far off from the covenant of promises all the blessings of god but it is the blood which has brought us closer to the promises 
And then again, we read in First Peter chapter 1, verse 18 and 19, it says that we have been redeemed, I will just say, it, we have been redeemed by the blood. We have been redeemed by the blood. And then again in chapter 10, verse 19 of Hebrews, it says, we could enter the Holy of Holies with his blood. So we find the blood has literally worked on God's behalf. The blood of Christ has made us worthy to go into the most holy place, to enter the Holy of Holies, because we have been justified, we have been forgiven, we have been cleansed, and we are brought near when we have been redeemed. Now somebody said, when the Satan's power stops at the cross, you know, Satan can do anything to anybody, but when it comes to the cross, he just literally he stops. He could not move any further. Because it is at the cross that the blood where the blood of Christ was shed, that is our protection. Now God protects us with his precious blood. Now we are going to see uh, about uh, the meat, how this lamb was eaten. If we turn to the same uh, Exodus chapter 12, verse 8 and 11. Exodus chapter 12, verse 8 and 11. The animals you choose must be year-old males without defect, and you may take them from the sheep or the goats. Eight. Eight and then that seven. same night, they are to eat the meat roasted over the fire, along with bitter herbs and bread made without yeast. This is how you are to eat it, with your cloak tucked into your belt, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. Eat it in haste, it is the Lord's Passover. Okay, here first in verse 8 it says, Then they shall eat the flesh that same night roasted with fire, and they shall eat it with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. Now, why would God say that you must eat the, the lamb's meat roasted in fire? Now, if we remember, in Leviticus, God is giving some festivals and sacrifices to the Israelites and he gave five major sacrifices and one of the major five sacrifices is the burnt offering you know you have a, a burnt offering you have a, a peace offering we have a sin offering and trespass offering and we have a meal offering now in the burnt offering the animal has to be burnt completely and the animal will be burnt completely. And Bible says that that will be a sweet smelling aroma to the Lord. You know, more than I, somebody said, uh, about 40 times in the Bible, it speaks about how God, the burnt offerings are like a sweet aroma to the Lord. You know, um, if we go back to Abraham, God is telling Abraham, Abraham, uh, I know that you love your son very much. I mean, God didn't say all that, but we can just literally understand that's what God would have told. I know you love your son very much, but I want to test you. So I just want to take your son and uh, sacrifice him to me. And then Abraham then uh, asked his wife, Sarah, and he didn't work out. Then... Uh, <laughs> Then the time came, Abraham decided, I'll have to do it myself. Then he took Isaac and he went 
And on the way, uh, Isaac is asking, uh, Dad, here is the wood and here is the everything that is for the sacrifice. But where is the lamb? Actually, that's what Isaac is asking. If we turn to Genesis chapter, Genesis chapter 22, 22, verse 7. Genesis 22, Genesis 22, 7. Isaac spoke up and said to his father Abraham, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied. The fire and wood are here, Isaac said, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And the next verse also that when Abraham replies also, he speaks about the lamb. Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. You can see from where Abraham got this idea that there is going to be a lamb, we don't know. But we find God has been working in his mind and uh, Abraham says God will give a lamb. Because it's going to be a burnt offering and God will give a lamb. Then they go up to the mountain. And uh, we know how God, Abraham was about to sacrifice Isaac. And at the time God says, stop. And now I know that who you are. I know what a wonderful person you are. But, and then God shows him a ram. Okay. I always used to compare this Abraham. And many a times we speak about Abraham, his faith. And uh, you know, he's the father of the faith literally he he stands somebody who's very very tall in his faith and i used to share like this you know this the scene is like this and uh, abraham they have a drama going on you know some drama and the scene is abraham taking isaac to give as a sacrifice and um, abraham and isaac just walk onto the stage with all the things that is needed for the sacrifice and then suddenly, then after that, the screen closes. And uh, suddenly there's a lot of commotion behind the screen. And after some time, the screen opened. And to the surprise, God was on the sacrifice. And Isaac was behind Abraham. And Abraham literally shielding Isaac. And God was on the sacrifice. I mean, that's what, that is our life actually. That's where we are. But Abraham is somewhere very, very high in his faith. I come across some families where when it comes to children, God's word is completely side. They put aside God's word and give priority to the children. Now the Bible says, we as parents have to train up our children to come and walk in the ways of the Lord. And um, here Abraham has come to the place and then he sacrificed and that place is actually is Mount Moriah. And it is in that Mount Moriah that the temple of God was built later by Solomon and later again the temple of God literally was built on that very place and sacrifices were being done in Mount Moriah. And um, God as a lamb has been portrayed from the beginning, and in Revelation th chapter 13, I think in 13 verse 5, it says, He is the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. I think it's Revelation chapter, Revelation chapter 13 verse 5. 
blasphemous words and it was allowed to exercise authority for 42 months. Uh, no, I think it's not that. Where it says that uh, the lamb that was uh, slain from the front, verse 8. And all who dwell on the earth will worship it, everyone whose name has not been written before the foundation of the world in the book of life of the Lamb who was slain. Is it the Lamb that was slain from the foundation? There's a verse that goes like that. Slain from the foundation of the world. Jesus was, even before man was created, Jesus was portrayed as a lamb that will be one day slain for the salvation of the mankind. And uh, God slowly beginning to reveal about this lamb in the Old Testament and then in the New Testament, very clearly through John, it was revealed that behold the lamb of God which has come to take the sins of the whole world. Okay. Now, when it comes to how we have to eat the bread, eat the, the meat, it, says it has to be roasted fully. And literally, we can say, when Jesus died on the cross, all the sacrifices were literally fulfilled on the cross. The Old Testament is the shadow of the New Testament. Everything that is in the Old Testament has been fulfilled in the New Testament. So when Jesus died on the cross, literally all the sacrifices in the Old Testament which were pointing to the cross were fulfilled on the cross. In other words, we can say each sacrifice was fulfilled on the cross and it was that's why Jesus could be able to say it is finished. When Jesus said it is finished, it's not just the work of the salvation has been finished, but what God's expectation for the salvation of the mankind. The wrath of God which was about to come on the mankind, if that has to be removed, that has to be totally taken away, then there is something that has to be appeasement. There is something that has to be met, by, met so that God can be appeased. So that was done on the cross. And in one factor we can say Jesus literally was given as a burnt offering. That is the picture we have in the, in the Passover. He was, the lamb has to be completely burnt and nothing should be left over. You know, everything should be burnt. And now how they have to eat, he says that uh, they have to eat with unleavened bread. We have the burnt offering there, but that has to be eaten with unleavened bread. This unleavened bread, what does is, is, uh, actually mean unleavened bread? Uh, leaven speaks about sin in the Bible. If we can, we can turn to a few passages. We can turn to First Corinthians chapter five, verse six to eight. Therefore, we are always confident and know that as long as we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. Sorry, sorry. First Corinthians chapter 5, verse. Sorry. First Corinthians chapter 5, 6 to 8. Your boasting is not good. Don't you know that a little yeast leavens the whole batch of dough? Get rid of the old yeast so that you may be a new unleavened batch as you really are. For Christ, a Passover lamp has been sacrificed. Therefore, let us keep the festival not with the old bread unleavened. 
not with the old bread leavened with malice and wickedness but with the unleavened bread with sincerity and truth here paul is writing to the corinthians paul says there are there's a leaven and unleavened but i want you to take a bread which is not leavened this leaven is a picture of sin and uh, here especially in corinthians when paul is writing he speaks about malice and as well as wickedness when we have malice and wickedness in our heart but still we come and take part in this bread and then it is not a worthy manner because that's what paul says in the, uh, the while talking about the supper also he says do it in a worthy manner search yourself examine yourself and do it in a worthy manner so when i come to take but he is here the lord jesus christ the body has been totally sacrificed for me and i am coming to take part as a remembrance of that i am coming to take part in that so when i come to take part my in my heart there has to i have to search myself and see if there is any malice or wickedness in me and also we see it in a, in a matthew chapter 16 matthew chapter 16 verses from 5 to 12 is a big passage matthew chapter 16 verses from 5 to 12 it speaks about the pharisees and the sadducees the pharisees and the sadducees they were well versed in the word of god well versed in the law but uh, they made it so difficult and said made it so in you know, a hard for the people to literally follow the law you know they will just had if god had given one law then they would add one by law and some in law and all that <laughs> so they always had they add on to the law and it made it very difficult for the people to follow but here in this passage we find jesus is talking to his disciples he says be careful about this pharisees and the sadducees because they have literally the law they made it so hard that they literally they forgot about mercy kindness or love there is no love there is no mercy there is no kindness just like a you know master with a stick you know some of the headmasters are like that you know i remember in our school days if they say headmaster is coming we will just run away somewhere you know there was a time where it was very strict but now it's different but so here we find that uh, the law was very strict they made it very strict and there was no grace no uh, no mercy no kindness and no love it was just you know like a master hard master and he said be careful about that and that is also speaks of that is also mentioned as a leaven be careful jesus says be careful about the leaven of the pharisees and the sadducees is their teaching we have to when i don't have love when i don't have the kindness when i don't have the mercy then i have to really examine myself before coming to the partaking of the bread we have to examine see do i have the love do i have mercy or do i have kindness i am merciful to others i am kind to others or do i show love to others and again also in galatians chapter 7 i mean galatians uh, Galatians chapter I call it a chapter it's a verses from 7 to 10 in the chapter it says that it's a little leaven 
you know, it spoils the whole thing. Maybe chapter 3, Galatians. Chapter... A little yeast works through the whole batch of dough. A little yeast will spoil the whole thing. Now, in what context is Paul saying that? He speaks about, you know, in the Galatians, there's a lot of this, you know, very wrong doctrine and wrong uh, teaching and all that. So he speaks about disobedience and rebellion. You know, when we have a disobedient and a rebellious mind in us, you know, it's quite easy to think about somebody who's rebel outward, but we have to, there could be subtle rebellious spirit in our life. There could be very subtle disobedience in our life. You know, the spirit of disobedience. These can also be very dangerous. God says, when you want to come, take part in this body, when you take part in this bread, be careful that you don't take part with any leaven in yourself. You have to be very careful. Leaven speaks about sincerity, unleavened speaks, uh, unleavened speaks about sincerity and truth. Be sincere. I remember somebody saying like this. He said, Lord, I just like that um, man who prayed in the temple. You know, two of them went to pray in the temple of God. A tax collector and a, another one was a Pharisee and a, a tax collector. You know, the tax collector literally he would not able to look up because he was, then he was sincere in his heart. He said, Lord, kindly have mercy on me. Whereas this Pharisee, you know, he was so proud about his spiritual life and all that and he was praying a different spirit. Then Jesus says this tax collector is the one who went back you know, justified. He is the one who went back with the blessing of God. So same manner we have to say Lord I come before you not with somebody who is with all this uh, you know spiritual uh, you know trophies and all that but I come before you as I am. I have weakness, I have many things that is not right in your sight, but Lord, I want to come before you with sincerity of my heart. I want you to cleanse me and I want you to be make me clean so that when I take part in this bread, I want to take part in the sincerity and truth. It's not necessary that we have to, you know, tell all the weaknesses to everybody, but as we just pray just now, we pray for each other. We pray for everyone, each other to, uh, God will able to support them, God will able to empower them and God will able to keep them delivered and uh, continuous in a Christian life. So this Levin speaks about malice and wickedness and Levin speaks about disobedience and also malice speaks about, you know, unforgiving spirit and the unkind and unmerciful. All this can be in our life. And, uh, you know, we, we had one uh, pastor and he was sharing his experience with his uh, family, his congregation. And he said, one sister always used to come and say, Pastor, pray for my husband. He is, you know, he must change. He must change. And uh, 
this past uh, he was very concerned about the sister because she is such a wonderful sister and uh, he started to pray and pray and uh, not with the sister but he started to pray about that matter and that time it seems that god showed him uh, a plate of biryani and uh, he didn't understand why this plate of biryani is coming around <laughs> biryani is coming god is showing a biryani then he next time when he met the sister he called her and said uh, sister when i am i want i'm just praying about your matter but i find that god is showing me a plate of biryani is anything that does it mean anything to you sir ah yes pastor there once my husband wanted to eat biryani and he asked me to make biryani but i said i was very I, that time i was busy going for a prayer meeting so i said you better buy biryani <laughs> and uh, i came out and uh, so then the pastor said that is where you made the mistake is good that you have a mind to ask for prayer of your husband but the problem is in you so many times when we we pray for others we have to see our own self too now what where i had gone wrong or what could be the mistake that is in my own life then we begin to you know work that's what he says as we come to the take part in this bread he said lord search my heart and know my thoughts today if there is any wicked way in me there is any evil thing that is in me cleanse me and set me free that is the prayer of the psalmist right so we find that leaven uh, can be something very subtle in our life and also he speaks about you know rebellion and disobedience now we come to the next one it has to be eaten with unleavened bread and also with a bitter herbs now what is the bitter herbs the bitterness uh, in some of the commentaries when we check it say the bitterness is speaks about the bitterness of life they had in the egypt you know literally it was the life was so bitter and in order to remember that bitterness that life they had in egypt they have to do this so in other words now when we do it is like you know we have to remember lord i just you know my life was so bitter my life was so bitter but i thank you for the blood and thank you for the sacrifice you made on the cross and uh, we can say it was the bitterness of the slavery in the egypt the israelites in egypt but for us now it can be the bitterness of sin we in zechariah chapter 12 zechariah chapter 12 verse 10 zechariah chapter 12 verse 10 and i will pour out on the house of david and the inhabitants of jerusalem a spirit of grace and supplication they will look on me the one they have pierced and they will mourn for him as one mourns for an only child and grieve bitterly for him as one grieves for a firstborn son now here is like people they realize their mistake and they weep bitterly like such a we have crucified such a wonderful person the they will realize their mistake and weep bitterly 
and when we speak about weeping bitterly peter comes to our mind you know god jesus told him peter i know you are a wonderful person you are very enthusiastic and you are the first one to you know do all the things but before the cock the rooster can uh, you know make the growth three times you will betray me but he said no no nothing will happen but then what happened we know what happened uh, it is quite interesting that passage is very interesting i have not taken the passage but if you have read that it is very interesting and uh, jesus has been there in the middle of the you know the the people there soldiers and all that and uh, after the rooster uh, you know at the cockroach the peter just began to weep bitterly but the verse says jesus turned and looked at peter if you could remember that verse i used to wonder it was such a big crowd and people were rushing you know this big crowd and all that in midst of such a big crowd jesus could able to see peter and that one look made him to cry bitterly now when we come to the bible we say lord forgive me i have i have been like the past week or past month i have done many things that is not right in your sight i have sinned i have committed wrong things but i remember and i repent for those things i just pray sincerely lord that you will forgive me of all my wrong things that when i come and take bath i want to take bath with the sincerity of my heart and the truth in my spirit i want to take part in a worthy manner so that is what the lord is expecting us even this morning we have to you know always remember sometimes because we do it quite frequently some churches they have the practice of doing it every sunday sometimes we tend to lose the importance and the meaning of this whole thing but we have to keep in mind you know in um, in you know, some churches they have this liturgy you know i don't know some of you who have come from you know traditional church you will find that there's a liturgy you now there they go like this you know they have a prayer of you know repentance they say lord i have committed i am uh, committed you know i have sinned against you and sinned against my brother i have all many things that i have done which is not right in your sight i humbly pray that you will again so there is when we come here it is not that when pastor says now we all come immediately we just come and take but take a few minutes to pray examine ourselves lord you were you died on the cross as a burnt sacrifice burnt sacrifice is not something very easy but you died on the cross the whole sin of the world was just pushed on you and you you accepted everything on my behalf and you died on the cross for my behalf literally you were burnt as a sacrifice on my behalf and i remember that i realized that and now i want to take part as a remembrance with unleavened bread and also with a bitter cup i repent for what i have my i have done in the past ways i repent of what i have been doing in the past life and the past uh, your days or weeks months or this i come before you repenting of my sins so take some time to pray and then with the 
clear conscience then we find that once we pray and we repent and we pray to the lord and the lord will cleanse us with his blood and then we can boldly we can come into the holy of holies say lord i come before you now i want to take part so that is what actually the lord is wanting from us and uh, <clears throat> finally uh, i would say that uh, you know um in uh, when paul is writing to the corinthians he gives us a warning also you know many a times even in my in the fellowship that i have there uh, we just stop with saying that you know take part in a worthy man every man examine himself and then come and take part in a worthy manner but after that there are few verses which we don't want to literally we don't you know read it out but i want all of us to read that also because it says because of that many of you are sick weak and even some of you have fallen asleep. asleep i think paul is using a very polite words there when you say fallen asleep what does it mean died is not <laughs> you go home and you fall no you you are dead because god's judgment is quite severe too when we just play with this then we cannot go scot free you know we can if we don't maybe can maybe you can turn to that and read chapter 1 corinthians 11 27 onwards Therefore whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord a man or this that is why many among you are weak and sick and a number of you have fallen asleep so that is what God is telling this is not something that is very light just before we come and take part in it we say lord totally surrender ourselves i'm not saying that you are a sinless perfect person because we we don't become perfect in this world but god can god's grace can sustain us and keep us above all certain things but when we come to the bread say lord i come before you as i am with a sincere heart help me and keep me and strengthen me and i love you and i want to honor you even in taking part in this bread so it has to be really that is something that is you know valuable to us because if you read in the old time some of the things in the old testament god is very very strict with those things i remember reading there it says if somebody doesn't keep the passover he should be cut off you know and even about the circumcision he says if somebody is not circumcised he should be cut off and there are certain things that god is very very strict and if you don't keep the sabbath that person should be cut off i i use the word cut off somebody says that is that yeah he says because god is very strict but in the new testament because of the grace with the importance that was given in the old testament we have diluted to such an extent we take begin to take things for granted sabbath is i'm not taking over seventh day or eighth day or ninth day 
But Sabbath is the time when God wants his people to come together, leave everything, come together and to honor him in worship and him in his fellowship. So set to think God is very strict. In the same manner, even breaking bread also, Passover, God is very strict. And somebody said, Lord, we missed the Passover, what shall we do? Okay, you missed it, I know, for a genuine reason. So on the second week, there is, there is a passage like that, you know. You are supposed to do it, observe it on the 14th of every month or something like that. Because you missed it, I give you another chance. Come and do it again. You can, bring, you can see the God's mind, how much he values the, the blood of the lamb that was shed for us. Okay, let us also have that value. Lord, this is a precious thing. I'm not saying the bread becomes the, literally becomes the flesh and uh, the juice becomes the bread. I'm not saying that. That is not the teaching. But the importance, the motive and the importance, the significance is still the same. Okay? So let us pray that God will give us the grace. And whenever we come to take part, Lord, with a, with a fear, and with a godly fear and with a, a sincere heart, let us come and take part in that. Praise be to the Lord.